Hello, and welcome to the Sly Dog Music Cast. I'm your host, the Sly Dog, and with me today, from Savoy Brown, we've got Kim Simmons. How you doing, Kim? I'm doing very well, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for coming to talk to me. We're here to talk about uh, City Nights. I believe I read this is the 40th album for Savoy Brown. Is that correct? Well, I don't know if it's correct, but that's what uh, we're calling it. Uh, <laughs> you know, like everything else. Exactly. I mean, I started in 60. Uh, the first uh, singles were in 66. So it's a long time ago. The first album was 67. And, um, 40 seemed like a nice round figure, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it could be 45, it could be 37, who knows? <laughs> uh, what, was the, what was the process like going into this one? Like, did, like, when you make an album these days, like, it's a lot different from the past, obviously. Did you set out to make this, or did you, these songs just kind of, like, start accumulating, and you go, oh, maybe I should make a record? Oh, well, no, you know, you, you know that, um, that you want to make a record. Uh, like, I'm writing now for the next one, you know, so you, oh, wow. you want, you know, yeah, the time is short at my age. So, you know, you, you still got a lot to say. You still got a lot of energy. You can still play, you know, with fire and stuff. And so you, you want to, uh, you're still creative. And uh, so there's always an album on the horizon. And uh, so, um, you know, uh, we had the witchy feeling that one previously got to number one on the Billboard Blues chart. So it was like, okay, now we've got to follow up on that. And that's... Uh, that's always a little bit of pressure because uh, I got a lot of good feedback for what she's hearing. So I immediately started writing uh, for this current album and, uh, you know, you want to make it better and you want to see if you can still do it. Uh, because, you know, any kind of art thing you do, you step back and you say, oh, did I, did I do that? How did I do that? You know, <laughs> the process then starts all over again. So, yeah, you know, we had, um, you hope to get a good title. That you know, so you get the the what the bell cow type of song, you know, that uh, that can kind of uh, everything else can latch around with city nights. Uh, that kind of dictated uh, the way it went. So most of the songs are in a minor key, and that kind of captures a, a city night, uh, you know, uh, city at night vibe. The minor key. It does. I I agree with you. It's got a nice like. When I heard the record, my first thought was, this is a smoky nighttime album. So I do believe oh, you know that perfectly. Great. Um, Succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So as well as handling lead guitar, lead guitar on the album, you know, for some people that may not know, you also handle lead vocals now, which was something you didn't originally do in Savoy Brown back in the 60s or the 70s. Uh, when did you decide you wanted to start to sing as well? Uh, well, there were... There was a point where um, I had a singer um, in the 1990s, um, Nathaniel Peterson, who was fantastic, and we'd done an album together, and we'd been together a few years, and, uh, and then he left to uh, form his own band, go his own way, and then I started auditioning singers, and, and that was the point, really, when it was like, well, this is very tiresome, you know, <laughs> uh, once again. You know, to be orchestrating, uh, you know, listening to a person's voice and picking the right material to suit the voice and so forth, the keys, and, and doing a bit of coaching and producing, you know. And uh, I think at that at one point there, it was like, you know, I'm really tired of this. And uh, you know, when I started singing myself, so 
I thought, and uh, then it's been a, a quest, you know, to get that better and to find uh, my power zone as a singer, you know, to find out uh, who I really am as a singer. And uh, and tell the truth, it's been a journey, and I think I'm succeeding now. Uh, certainly the last couple of albums, including this new one, uh, seems to, uh, I seem to be getting the vocals correct. And uh, it's been great because it's given me, uh, you know, some more interest uh, in, uh, in what I do. You know, it means that I'm not just doing the same old, same old from 1969 or something, you know. All of a sudden, uh, there are new challenges. Uh, if I do an old song, I often have to rearrange it to, to suit my song voice. And that, in turn, of course, freshens the song for the audience. So if I do a Wang Dang Doodle, uh, the Willie Dixon song, which I recorded back in 71, 72, now I've got a, a new arrangement to suit my voice. Same song, uh, but it freshens everything up. So like everything else... Uh, you know, it's been a, it's been a plus. Uh, you know, for me, uh, singing uh, as you're growing myself, and also I think for the audience because it affects everything. You know, the material, the show. It's uh, it's been a winning thing. Like I, like I said, one thing I love about the album is like the smoky, you know, nighttime vibe of it, and I love like how out front the guitars are and how the drums and bass fall right into groove. And I noticed when I got the album that you produced it actually. Is this your first time, like, self-producing? And if so, like, do you think you achieved what you wanted, you know, by self-producing the album? Um, well, no, I produced the albums in the past, some of the some of the big ones. You know, I produced Raw Sienna in 1969. I produced uh, Looking In in 1970. You know, so back in the old days, some of the classic ones I produced. Uh, it, um, although it's a lot different, uh, back then because I would only write a couple of songs for an album and maybe the singer in the band would write uh, some of the songs or you, know, some, you know, so you would get songs from the outside and also I was only playing guitar so it was easier to produce uh, it's harder to produce now because I'm singing, playing guitar and writing the songs mm -hmm. so uh, it does make it very difficult to be objective and uh, it's always the case, though, no matter if you're producing it or if you're not producing it, it's really difficult to listen to your own album once it's done. It's like looking into the mirror at yourself, you know, unless you're a real egotist, you know, you see all the flaws, you know what I mean? And uh, so listening to an album that you've done, uh, any kind of art, it's the same thing, really, you know. You, you just, you could, you would like to, have, you'd like to have another shot at it because there are things you would do different. But, uh, but yeah, you know, so uh, when you, you're looking in the mirror, you, you see all, like yourself, you see all the, you see your faults, you know, unless you're a massive egotist, you know. So, uh, but when, and it's the same when you make albums, you know, you when you listen to them, you hear the faults, you know, things you'd like to have done again and all that kind of thing. But having said that, uh, I think that, uh, you know, I achieved and the band achieved everything that we wanted to do with this album. And uh, it has a theme uh, and uh, very excited and people like it. And that's the main thing. And uh, so it's, uh, it's very exciting to have, you know, to have an album that connects with people. Awesome. Um, I wanted to ask you about a few of my favorites from the album, actually. Uh, 
first up is uh, Selfish World. I think it's a nice slow-burning blues number. Can you tell me a little bit about the writing process of that one? Uh, yeah, the, the, you know, the, the process is always the same. Write it with me for every song. You know, I get up in the morning and uh, have some coffee, and the first thing I do is start, you know, writing and listening to music because I'm fresh then, you know. Right. You haven't got any side things from, from the day. Uh, with Selfish World, I'm trying to think how that... Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, I think all the songs, uh, a portion of every song is a, is a little about um, my experiences in life or what I think. And, uh, you know, we're all mad at the world, aren't we, in some way or other. And uh, I thought it was just a nice way to put it, you know, my frustrations, you know, with society and the way things are, you know, calling the world a selfish world. Uh, it, it, it was a way of kind of expressing my frustrations uh, because, you know, uh, it's not so much, you know, selfish world, but selfish people, <laughs> you know. Right. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's just a way of uh, expressing my thoughts. Awesome. I like one thing you said Without there. being explicit, you know. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Um, I like something you said there. You said that you like you get up in the morning and you write. So it sounds to me like writing is almost something like, you know, it's not just something you do, you know, for the purpose of making a record. You do it because, you know, it's your lifeblood. It's what you breathe. Like, that's really cool to hear. Yeah, it's, it's something I enjoy doing, you know. And uh, yeah, exactly. I think that you have to, you know, I have to always keep a portion of my mind on on that whole process, you know, it never goes, you know, because um, it's, you know, it's what I do, it's what I enjoy doing, uh, but you have to keep on it every day, it's like with your guitar playing, you know, I have to practice every day because you have to keep in touch with, with what you're doing. There was a time I thought, oh, what, what should I practice, you know, because guitar playing is a bit like riding a bike, you could not ride a bike for two years and get on it, you, you can ride a bike. And guitar playing is similar to that. You, I could not play for a year, pick up the guitar and still play. But there's a difference between playing and really being in touch with your instrument. You know? So I, so every day I uh, keep in touch with, the, with songwriting, keep in touch with guitar playing. Uh, it, it's, um, it's a process where you you have to find something older. It's also good to keep your mind it's a solution type thing. You know, you have a song idea, you have a lyric, you have a good title, but it, you know, but but it's not working. Sometimes that can go on for a year or two. You know, you have a good lyric, but you can't get it into the right format, and uh, you know, uh, and you you just it's like a crossroads person. You're just looking for the solution, you know, and the, the answer, and suddenly. Uh, and it doesn't have to be a new song. It could be an old song. You might want to do a song because people keep requesting it, but you know it doesn't work in the 1960s, 70s format. So, so, so you just keep sort of letting it work inside you, and you keep trying to be creative until suddenly the door opens and you find a way of the song. Awesome. New song. Way of of really writing it, you know, maybe selfish world started out as pukish world, you know, and it's like, well, <laughs> that doesn't sound quite right, and then you get the answer, oh, it's selfish world. <laughs> awesome. 
Uh, got a few more questions for you. Uh, do you have a favorite on the record? I like like payback time. Uh, oh, nice. The uh, you know, and uh, but a lot of people have noticed when they talk to me, uh, DJs, they everybody has a different song that they like. Uh, a couple of days ago, somebody uh, on the West Coast said, "Oh, um, uh, ain't gonna worry. That's a great song that could cross over into a." you know, a more popular kind of radio uh, format. Mm. And no one said that before, that ain't going to worry. Somebody will say, you know, other songs on the album. I know there's three songs on radio that's doing very, very well right now. I have three the uh, radio, and that's um, Kanjo uh, uh, Rhythm, Kanjo mm. uh, Rhythm, Red Light Mama, and one of the other ones, and uh, so uh, it, it's interesting that different people have different favorites. Uh, I think the fact that I'm playing them on stage you now, Payback Time and Conjure Rhythm, uh, the two that I, I guess I like. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, let's go back to the past just for a second. Given the band has quite a history, you've been around over 50 years, I'm sure there's a lot of stories you could tell. Do you plan to write a book someday about the history of Savoy Brown? Well, I'm writing an autobiography and started it uh, this past January, I guess. And it went very, very well. Uh, but the, the, the problem is, is that uh, I enjoy writing songs so much and it takes such an effort to do that, <laughs> that I put the book on hold. Because if I get up in the morning and start working on the autobiography, then, uh, you know, the, the song stuff, so but but I do like writing and uh, period, you know. Uh, so yeah, I'm I, I'm working on and I've got quite I've got the whole thing kind of sketched out uh, and some finished chapters uh, for the autobiography. And what I probably should do is start, um, you know, uh, where they're shopping it around so that to some some uh, publishers or something to see uh, that would inspire me to finish it. If somebody read some of the stuff that hey, you know we'd like to publish this, then I think I would get to finish it because it's not really the story of Savoy Brown because everybody sort of knows that, but it's, um, not everybody knows that, but you, know, you <laughs> find out pretty much the sketch of that. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's a bit about the, obviously my life, about the British blues scene uh, from my standpoint. I mean, there's obviously, I'm a part of history in that regard and, and I've noticed that the, as in all history, it, it shocked me, you know, how, uh, untrue some of the history is, you know, <laughs> and uh, so, I, so I've got to put set things right from my standpoint, you know, it, with British blues history in the, in the 60s, and then, uh, you know, just tell some of those stories that, that, that people want to hear about. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I hope you finish it, and I hope we get to read it someday. I got one more question for you. Um, as we just said, you know, Savoy Brown's been around for over 50 years. Do you have any funny stories from the road you'd like to share? Funny, oh, I know. Well, let me. Okay, now I've got to go back to the book and think of one <laughs> or two of the crazy, crazy stories. Well, the one that I, I don't know if I. It's great if you read about it. I'm not sure how I. can... would it be that? Hold on a second. Uh, oh, there's a million of them. Uh, <laughs> let me find a fact. The, the problem is a lot of them are quite edgy. You know what I mean? So uh, I told one the other day. 
uh, it's funny now, but um, this is the kind of stuff that would happen to you. I mean, how how any of us survive life, you know, I mean, without dying only 27 or something, I don't know. But even more so if you're traveling on the road. We did a show at the Academy of Music in the 1970s. There was about 3,000 people. That was a really nice theater. I'm sure it's still around now. And, of course, back then, there were no rules. So people could bring in any substance they want. They could bring in alcohol. They could do whatever they want, you know, take photos. Uh, there was no... It was a free-for-all, and uh, which I missed to some degree. Uh, although I don't miss it when I tell the story. So we, we, we play the show, and we come into the very end of the last chord of the last song of the show. And, of course, by this time, the crowd are excited. So I'm at, uh, we're, a, we're a few bars away from the last chord, and I'm on stage, and suddenly I, I catch something out of the corner of my eye, you know, but I'm playing. Bang! Something hits me, and I stagger back. Oh, no. oh, what happened? Yeah, exactly. And the crowd, wow, a sudden hush, you know. And I'm stunned, and something hits the floor. It's a Jack Daniels bottle. Oh, and uh, it hits me right in the chest, right above the guitar. Ooh. I'm staggered. So now my singer, Dave Walker, jumps into the crowd, and he's, you know, it's mayhem. He's just... <laughs> you know, he's fighting and trying to get at the perpetrators. It's a rock and roll mayhem, you know. And uh, so, uh, you know, they get me off stage and I'm like, damn, someone threw a bottle at me, man, you know. And so we're backstage. Anyway, what happens? So we're all sort of completely nonplussed about this whole thing. And uh, <clears throat> then about half an hour later, three or four guys come backstage. And they apologize. They say they got so excited. This one guy just threw his Jack Daniels bottle up in the air. Can you believe it? It happened to come my way and hit me. So it was, it's, it's hilarious looking back. But, uh, you know, it's just one of the, one of the little stories uh, where you escape, you know, the night, you know. So, that's great. I'm not sure that's quite the funny story you wanted but it's kind story. of funny it's, <laughs> it's funny to imagine imagine like once once the shock, initial shock is over that you've realized your singer has jumped into the audience you're like oh no we've got something else to deal with now i well exactly <laughs> he was in there and uh, you know it's one of those things where maybe he saw it i don't know and I, I i'd have to ask that you know what you know um did he see the person or did he just jump in and start <laughs> punching everybody i don't know <laughs> Well, you know what singers are like. Oh yeah, <laughs> they tend to be a little. Yeah, right. They, yeah, but I was very, very touched that you should support me. It was great. <laughs> well, Kim, I have to thank you for coming on and talking to me. I really appreciate it. Um, I look forward to seeing you um, at the Coach House on Thursday. Do you have a lot of shows coming up this year? Before we wrap, wrap this thing up, do you have a, a lot of tour dates left? Yeah. We have. We were in Spain last week. Uh, we are in the West Coast doing the coach house with a couple of other dates. Then we're uh, off to Germany for a, a tour of Germany for about three weeks. And uh, let me see any other you know sort of things of note. Uh, you know, there you go. This you know. Then then we're playing and, and supporting City Night album to the end of the year into next year. Actually, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Thanks again for coming on to talk to me, Kim. I really appreciate it. Uh, I, I thank you Great. for bearing with me through the, your, your cell phone reception as well. I appreciate that. 
Well, I hope you've got all the information you need, and I'll see you Thursday. Yep, I'll see you Thursday. Thanks, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. If you want to know what's going on, follow me on Twitter at Sly Dog Music Cast or Facebook at Sly Dog Music Cast. Thanks again for listening. Peace, love, and music.